Welcome to Running Down the Clock, where we break down all of this week's big news, events, and controversies from the National Football League. Over the next 45 minutes, we will give you basic fan perspective and opinion on the most important stories and moments happening now. So, let's start the clock. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Running Down the Clock. I am here for your post-Canadian Thanksgiving football talk and also another important day today because, Puya, it is your birthday today. It is. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Did you get anything? Friends. Did you get anything for your birthday? Have you gotten anything for your birthday in the last 15 years? I get showered in love on my birthday. You do? Yeah, no, I ain't got nothing. I don't ask for anything, to be fair. Even if somebody offers, I still say no, but no, I haven't gotten anything. Oh, wow. Well, I'm sure the listeners will all email in and send you gifts in the mail and stuff like that. Do they have an email? I don't have the email to email in. What are we- nah, if, they, if they want to, they find us. <laughs> right. Let's get to some football games. So let's touch basically because you and I are in Vancouver and I just want to talk a little bit about these England games because I don't know about you, but I never wake up at 630 to watch these things. No, I. it's tough just because on a Sunday... Sunday follows Saturday and Saturday usually leads to a later evening than other days of the week. So yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, Now, if the Lions were playing and it was a big game, you'd make the effort. No, if the Lions were playing, even if it was a not, even if it wasn't a big game, the Lions were just playing. I'd probably wake up to watch that game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can understand you don't care that the Packers play the Giants on yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to wake up at 630 in the morning to watch that game. No, definitely not. Now, here's the other side of it, though. What if you're just already up from the night before? It just follows right through. Does that wreck the rest of your Sunday football watching day? Yeah, it wrecks the rest. If you're up, then you got to use that 630 to 10 o'clock sleep time so that you can wake up at 10 o'clock. And watch. So I'll already come like the one o'clock games here. So the 4 p.m., 430 games for the East Coast. Uh, I'm already kind of at the nap time-ish where like usually yeah. the second quarter or the third quarter i'll fall asleep on the couch a little bit so if i stayed up all night and watched the 6 30 game i'd be out at 10 right but i mean that staying up all night you probably already made some bad decisions and that's why you're in this predicament so who's to say that you're in the sound state of mind to make a good decision now 100 percent. just saying it might be an option to just kind of keep going right yeah it, there's the hangover doesn't the hangover doesn't start until you stop well, that part's true, but that's a dangerous game, especially uh, when you got to work on Monday. But I guess you don't if you're if it's the long weekend. Yeah, we got a lot of long weekends in a row now, don't we? <laughs> We've just had two. All right, let's get to some of the most controversial things. So, did Tua Tangaviola ruin football for everybody? I mean, that's that's, that's a lot. That's a lot to put on his young shoulders. But I think the answer is yes. He yes, ruined- he did football for everybody you you ruined it for everybody it's not it's not even so if you don't know what i'm talking about uh anyone listening which you probably do because you watch football we're talking about roughing the passer because of the reaction from tua and the follow from tua's brain scramblies there was on sunday tom brady was tackled very calmly he was almost like lightly he was hugged and brought to the ground they called roughing the passer on a play where it would have had the Atlanta Falcons getting the ball back on the next play would have been fourth down and a chance to score and win the game. And a lot of it was, is it because it's Tom Brady? So do you think it has to do with Tom Brady? I think 
you know, Tom Brady is a little bit of a different case in the NFL. He's going to get a little bit of different treatment. You know, the whole joke for the last, I don't know, 10 years or so has been the referees are on his side, right? Like they're one of his teammates. A lot yeah. of memes about that. And I think it just has to do with, you know, you look at the best players in all sports, they do get a little bit of preferential treatment. Maybe it's just they have that credibility of when they say something, the refs listen, whereas some rookie unknown guy, when he tries to say something, the refs aren't even paying any attention to him, right? It's irrelevant what he's saying. Yeah. So I I don't know where it stems from, but Tom Brady is going to be a different case for sure. Sure, but like... So now that was I the don't case disagree. On I don't disagree with you that those that that call was a bad call. I mean, what is the defensive guy supposed to do? Especially like, the, that's exactly it. What Chris Jones one guys do was it, was it Chris Jones? So we'll get we'll get to the Chris Johnson one in a second because because what happened in the Brady one was the My guy birthday, man. Why you got to stifle me? <laughs> one gift I wanted just to jump around on whatever topic, but okay, go ahead. back to. It. He the he grabbed Brady and kind of like he didn't suplex him, but he rolled him around. It's the what swing, happened, yeah. They swing yeah. him over, like yeah. But it was a gentle swing compared to the, what the two hundred one, where the guy viciously threw Tua down. Um, but still, you have to tackle the guy, or else because some of the mobile quarterbacks are just gonna like put a hand down and stay up and just run around. Uh, for sure, I don't think you can adjust your uh, defensive tackle uh, the play based on the strength and the mobility of the quarterback, right? Josh Allen's going to be a little bit stronger than um, maybe Kyler Murray or something, right? Yeah. So bigger guy. So it's just, I, I mean, it's tough to know where the rule ends and begins. And I think they're going to call it all season because of what happened to Tua. Now, now let's, let's jump in with the Chris Jones thing because Chris Jones. Well, before we, now again, like before right, we do yep. jump that, I, now I'm the bad guy. I think this has been kind of a long time coming. Like this protecting the passer has been growing more and more and more over years. Yes. Right. Like this isn't just a brand new thing. And the Tua thing, I don't think it was so much like when it happened, the, the argument was never against the guy who hit him. The argument was against the protocol on when they should have sat him, when they should have, uh, how they should, should have assessed his concussion and, that, that sort of thing, right? It was about how they treated him after he could have been potentially seriously hurt. 100%. If he didn't go back into that next game on the Thursday night, he would have never got thrown down like that. And then we would never have to be looking at these two passer or uh, roughing the passer calls that happened this weekend. Like they would have never happened because there would not have been that overreaction to the two attack. So if they had just handled two properly the first time, we wouldn't even be talking about this. Yeah. Now the Chris Jones ones, I think he's actually in, in hindsight. I don't think he made the call right away, but that was an interception. And at that point, Derek Carr is just tackling him. That's That's the reality of what actually happened. He caught the ball yes. out of his hand. Yeah. He, he grabbed, he ball. tackled him, grabbed the ball out of his hand before he hit the ground. And then essentially the whole thing was he put his body weight, you know, like you're not allowed to put your body weight on the passer. Yeah. But, but he had I possession mean, of the football at that point. He was yeah. the ball possessor at that point. He's no longer hitting the passer. The passer's yeah. technically tackling him to make that play dead because they're in contact when Chris Jones hits the ground. Exactly. So, I mean, I can see where they're coming from, but in hindsight, can't they go back and look at that and be like, hey, no, it's not roughing the passer anymore? Because he also, what they said they look at some of the referees is if the defensive player puts their hands down or a hand down, 
to catch some of their weight, which he also did. Yeah. I don't know if you can retract a flag for that. You know, there's rules on when you can retract a flag and when you can't, which penalties can be called back. I don't sure, know but why. I, again, you can rechange, you can change the rules after, but I mean, at the time, I don't know what the rule is. I don't think the referees are allowed to change the rule mid game. But they I don't even know what got, the rule was on that. They even got together to talk about it before they made the call. How do, so how do you still make the wrong? Like you can't one of them be like, Hey, we're just going to take another look at this before we call a penalty just to see if it is like, why not? There's no reason why not. I don't know. I don't know what goes on in those ref huddles, but come on. The NFL has been full of bad calls since I've been watching. And it's not going to change. Like, I think this season is going to be a lot more of these calls because of the, 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 do you remember the saints? Um, uh, what was it? Saints against Rams? That's exactly the saints. It was the, the defensive um, pass interference call yeah. that everybody missed. So now you were allowed to review defensive pass interference. Yeah. So if you can review that penalty, why can't you just say, we will allow you to review all penalties? Yeah. Except for like holding, which which essentially could be called on every play. But ones that like, this is an egregious error that could have cost the chiefs a win. They ended up winning the game by one point. By one point, but that could have cost, and it maybe potentially did cost the Falcons a game, because because of what happened with the Tom Brady. Now it's not as egregious with the Falcons because I don't think anyone really expected the Falcons to win that game. But this was like this was Monday Night Football. Everybody was watching this game. It was a bad call. It was a terrible call. It was it was a bad call, especially for the fact that he, he got the ball. He possessed the ball at the time yeah. at the time of the alleged infraction he was possessing the ball now do you think that if he hadn't caught that ball he would have used both arms to he very to well could have. you got to give him the benefit of the doubt yeah but so what's, what's the number one rule if you the have ball. the ball you hold the ball with both hands right you yeah. you possess the ball don't let it go it, Derek Carr becomes a tackler in that scenario which I mean, they also the apparently- rule is as an interception. Once he hits the ground, if nobody touches him, he's free to get back up and go. But because Derek Carr was touching him at the point he hit the ground, that considers you know the down by contact, right? Well, also, can't you? Doesn't the NFL allow you to review, or don't they automatically review all turnover plays? I believe they do, but so they didn't call the it hell? a turnover because they didn't call it a turnover because I think they. It didn't but then make couldn't it that they? Far. Isn't this one of those things where they? Hundred percent, could- they could have. They could have done the right thing and said, you know what? That's an amazing defensive play. That's a defensive play of your career. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, it just it blows my mind that, and all, after all the talk all Sunday, um, Sunday evening, and all Monday afternoon on every sports radio, it was about the Tom Brady um, roughing the passer call. Yeah. And then for this to happen again the next day, isn't that just doubling down on stupidity? Yeah, it, it's an odd one. I mean, I think the NFL is definitely going to do a little bit of transition this year because of this, especially with the concussion protocol thing, which again kind of forced their hand is going to get forced to, and for good reason. So, what's the what can they do to solve this? Just allow, like, allow this to be reviewed. What I think they could do to, to resolve this is have stricter concussion protocols that are actually like we talked about before. So if there's actually um, a worry that they are hurt, really enforce it, which we saw with the two of thing. I think it goes team to team how much they really care to do it. But so, you have so to it should let be, yeah. the players, you have to let the players be able to tackle. 
Yeah, it's part of the game. It's a huge part of the game. That's it's how you stop every single it's 50% play. Fifty percent of the game. It's how you stop every single play. A play does not stop unless a guy runs out of bounds or gets tackled. Yeah, make it or just go completely the other way. It's flag football for the quarterback, tackle for everybody else. Well, do you think that ever could be a possibility where it's just, uh, and also I, like, so what's happening is they're trying to, well, let's not kid anybody. The NFL is not protecting the quarterback because they're in the most dangerous position. They're protecting the quarterback because the quarterbacks are the one that make all the money and they're the faces of all the franchises. So the NFL is just protecting their product. They're not actually protecting the players. Well, for sure. I mean, I think it's been established and everybody knows that the NFL is business. It's big business. Like it's not a small business. They make a ton of money. Right? Yeah. So like these but, are billionaires getting, you know, a significant return on their investments of these teams. Right. But now isn't it kind of hurting the hurting the product now? It's going backwards. It's going the opposite. They've gone too much to protect these, these players. These quarterbacks. It's, it's just part of the evolution of the game, right? Like, do you remember in baseball, the dead ball era, the juice ball era, right? Like you just, you constantly tinkering with the game to try and get the on-field product you want. I don't think the NFL has the answer right now yet, but if they want a more offensive game, they don't care about defense as much. It'll continue. I don't know what the yeah. inside NFL office wants, because if they want to see more offense, absolutely. They'll make these defensive players useless, take away any skill set they had, any sort of core competency they have of tackling guys. Well, no, you can't tackle guys like that. That's 100% what they'll do because they yeah. more points is more is more exciting for everybody. Yeah. There's very until few it's people not. that... that until it's defense. not, until people start to turn. Once people start changing the channel, that's when they'll adjust it. Do you think that this is getting close to that point with i think so calls? i think people are starting to get a little bit outraged it was like that the kansas city fans they were upset for about 15 minutes they were booing for 15 straight minutes i thought i the thought they were gonna, gonna storm cry. the field like it's just it got to the point where it's like oh man this actually could turn into something worse don't they have to think about that at some point they were true they were st- throwing stuff at the raiders on the field weren't they like as they were leaving no i don't know i actually i don't know about that I saw some footage of them throwing some. I don't know if it was at what point in the game it was, but right, it was bottles and you know drinks and things like the, maybe the usual, the classic division, stuff. Well, they're divisional rivals. Well, this wasn't the only. They threw a cameraman in front of uh, Adams. To say oh. this wasn't the only controversial hit of this this game. They threw a cameraman at Devonte Adams. So Devonte Adams, as he's leaving the field, first of all, the. The play with Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams to end that game. Did you see that? Like just Hunter Renfro, you cannot run in, you cannot run into your best player like that. He he should have shoved him out of the way. Oh my goodness. Like that was ridiculous. That was a ridiculous play. So Devontae Adams gets up super angry about the play, slams his helmet on the ground, walking off the field into the tunnel, shoves a cameraman down. What do we make of this? Again. You can't shove somebody. Like I think he knows it, and he apologized immediately. Like there's, at the end of the day, you can't. It is an assault thing. Like you just can't shove a guy. He didn't actually physically harm him. It wasn't very tactful. You know, like nobody likes the camera in their face after a disappointing loss. Well, like I don't that. even think that that was what was happening here. Is I think the guy was just trying to to quickly run past Devonte Adams to get by him. I don't know if he was trying to get by him, but he looked like he kind of just got in front of him at the wrong time. 
Oh, he and definitely got excuse, in front of him at the wrong it, time. It doesn't excuse his actions. He shouldn't have maybe been, you know, in his way at the time. But again, he shouldn't have shoved him either. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, there's no way I that think, that guy you know, was going to know that Devonte Adams was mad enough that he was going to get shoved. But he no. also was hustling to get past Devonte Adams because Devonte Adams was him and I, him and Devonte Adams were going to collide. So he hustled past him instead of waiting. Now, whether that's the right collide. move or the wrong move, um, it you still can't warrant that behavior from Devonte Adams. No. Are you talking about Renfro or are you talking about the cameraman? <laughs> <laughs> both. They both were in the wrong spot at the wrong time. There you go. I, I think uh, Adams is going to pay a fine for it. It's probably be like an out-of-court settlement kind of thing. And, you know, going to definitely pay more than the guy's injuries are going to warrant. But that's just the way it goes when you're talking with a millionaire celebrity status. So do you think that guy that, that got shoved is kind of just Get, trying to get a little bit of a payday for himself? I think 100% without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, what's he go to the hospital with? Non-life-threatening injuries? I'm pretty sure he was just embarrassed. For sure. I, 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 I've i been shoved before. I don't think he's that hurt. No, he's not. He's holding like a psychological. Is this a psychological uh, barrier he can't return to work? I can't speak on his behalf, but I think he's going to be okay. He's going to be fine. Now... Yeah. It's, it's embarrassing for him, but it's also not that embarrassing. He can just, he has a story to tell at barbecues being like, Hey, like I got shoved by Devonte Adams. It's, and also what would it take for Devonte Adams to be like, let me just talk to the guy and, and everything will be fine. Because I feel like that, I feel like that's as far as this has to go. It was the heat of the moment. Devonte Adams just shoved him because he was in the way. It's not like he went any further than that. He probably, he probably felt bad about it right away. He did th- feel right, but he issued a statement like right away in the locker room. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Like he he apologized. He admitted he was in the wrong. He said he was just frustrated. Uh, I think I saw that the guy's filing a police report against yeah. him, assault charge. Yeah, you know he's got a medical report of I don't know what they're going to show that yes he did fall down. Do you think? Like, what do you think the penalty should be for Devonte Adams here? What do you think will happen, and what do you think the penalty should be? It should be a dollar fine. I don't know how much to make of it. Like I'm going to say like it's going to be somewhere in the $50,000 to a couple hundred thousand dollar range. Yeah, I bet you it's $50,000. Yeah, but I'm sure this guy's going for $7 million in the lawsuit. That's crazy. I'm, you start high and you end up low, right? Yeah, That's you end up probably with stack. like $500,000 or he shows up at your birthday party or something, but... I think that's like, I don't think that if it was caught by cameras, it would have went any further than it did. The guy had a camera. Maybe he was rolling the whole time. Maybe he knew what he was doing. He was just trying to hustle past the guy. But honestly, I don't think if the cameras caught it and no one talked about it, I don't think this would be an issue at all. I don't think it is an issue. I think Devontae Adams summed it up pretty well. He admitted he was wrong. So there's no like question about what his intentions were, what was happening. He admit he was wrong. He was frustrated and he just, he did the wrong thing. He said, it. that's kind of the end of the issue. Whatever this guy gets out of court is just his, his good luck, his fortune, right? It's a little windfall for him. He was yeah. in the right place at the right time at the end of the day, if he's getting cash payout. Yeah, that's true. And, and yeah. if you look at it that way, yeah, he's in the right place at the right time, yeah. which is, I don't know. I do like as a fan, appreciate that Devontae Adams apologized right away. He said, I hope this guy sees this in his apology message, which yeah. I think he could have gone a little further than that. He could say, if anyone knows this guy, please 
like send me his contact info and I'll apologize to him personally. I think that could have been whether he did it or not. Obviously, I don't know. I'm sure the guy's getting tagged in that post by a hundred thousand people. For sure. But just to be like, Hey, I hope you see it is different than being like, let me please have the chance to personally apologize to you. But that's the only thing I would correct about um, the apology Devontae Adams had because he did the moment shouldn't have did it hundred percent agree with that. But I also don't think it needs to go to like assault charges. I don't yeah. think Devontae Adams needs to be suspended for any games at all. Find him, let him learn his lesson with with that fifty thousand. I never take timeouts. I'm gonna take a short timeout. Is there a short timeout? Yeah, there's a short timeout. Yeah, I'll take a t- short timeout. What the hell do you know about apologies? I've got two <laughs> episodes on record of you saying I don't apologize. I don't apologize. I'm not apologizing for it. Damn wrong. I don't apologize. You don't know anything about apologies. How are you going to judge another guy's apology and tell him, give him tips on how to apologize when you refuse to apologize? I apologize all the time. I apologize profusely. I warrant it as a good apology. He gets an A plus. Done. Time in. <laughs> that was a good use of a timeout. I like that one. That was a good use of a timeout. I <laughs> just because I don't apologize doesn't mean that I don't recognize when a good a good apology has been given. Yeah, well, we can move <laughs> on from the apologies. Okay. So not, I don't know that there's anything more than what needs to be said about Devontae Adams. Like, I don't think he needs to be suspended by this. Some people are saying that he might get suspended for a game, but I don't think that's the worst, like, thing that has happened all weekend in terms of suspensions. Um, no, I don't I have, I don't have another much. example. but It's a bit much for suspension. Yeah. Um, so we also, we've had our very first head coaching fire week five. I think that's pretty early. I had my guesses on the Denver Broncos coach being fired first. Um, it is his first season. So I don't know if he's going to get fired that quickly, but, um, Matt rule from the Carolina Panthers has been fired. He was given a seven year, $62 million contract to leave the, um, Baylor university for the NFL um, he did not do well. 11 and 27 record as the Panthers head coach. He's owed $40 million when he's fired. So he basically can sit at home, uh, and be fired for 40 or just sit on $40 million. Now he's not, he's going to coach somewhere in, uh, university back to college. Not sure which team, but this is just another example of NCAA coaches not doing well in the NFL. And it's been notable. A lot of them notable in the, over the last, like, 20 years. Yeah. The other side of the argument always with coaches is are there just a bunch of NFL ready coaches just sitting around though? I feel like you have to take a chance on some of these guys to see if they are ready or not, because I don't think there's a ton of coaches that are just understand the job well enough to do it. Right. Like, well, that's a good argument. You can promote, you can promote other like, you know, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, assistant head coaches and stuff. But if you don't have those guys around, where you're just poaching midseason from another team, that's not going to happen. You can't do that. No, but so no one does that look? usually, anyways. Like when you fire a guy midseason, you don't really look for your coach for the next season. You just get a guy to interimly deal with the rest of the season. Yeah. So, but here's the thing: it's like the so the thing about being an NFL or just a head coach in general, a head coach overlooks every aspect of the team. Offense to defense, special teams, locker room details, um, special plays, 
like player personnel, whereas an offensive coordinator on a team just deals with the offense and coming up with plays defensive coordinator just deals with the defense. So, and they're also different positions because there's game plans that offensive coordinators come up with the game plans, defensive coordinators come up with their game plans, and then they go to the head coach. So it's, it is a different gig. So a lot of people say, well, you need to have head coaching experience in college university somewhere so that you can oversee these other personalities like an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. And then some people think that you should be promoted from offensive coordinator to defensive coordinator, but they're two different types of jobs. Now here's, I'm going to list some names of college coaches since 2000. So Matt rule, who just got fired urban Meyer, who was a disaster, Nick Saban, disaster. Bobby Petrino did not do well. Cliff Kingsbury is still coaching for the Arizona Cardinals who also are not doing well. Bill O'Brien, everybody knows about him. Chip Kelly came out of Oregon with that fast offense that he had, did not do well. Doug Maroney did not do well. Greg Schiano, Jim Harbaugh, Steve Spurrier, Butch Davis. Now, Jim Harbaugh went to the Super Bowl. Steve Spurrier didn't do well. Butch Davis was okay. Not really, though. But none of those names are really people you'd have confidence in. Jim Harbaugh is clearly the number one success story from that list. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I think he just took a job because he wanted it back in college, right? I, I think he could have stayed in the NFL. Uh, Harbaugh? Yeah. Yeah, he could have stayed in the NFL. He went back to college, but. Yeah. Now, what about the flip side? I don't have the names or list in front of me. There's got to be a flip side of the ones who did have success and just remained in the NFL, no? Well, you could go with Pete Carroll off the top of my head, who, but he was in the NFL before going to USC. Then he went to USC and is successful back in the NFL. Yeah, it doesn't um, count then because he took his NFL experience to the college level. Exactly. So there's guys that do that. Now, I also don't have the, the other names. Great, for, that's a great argument. way to win an argument is you don't research the other side of it. I don't be, you, yeah. know, you know the person who also doesn't have it because he didn't even know you were going to bring this up. So I don't have the research to, to argue you, so I kind of have to go with you. Yeah. So it's nothing you can, there's nothing you can do to argue, but that's, it's just another example of, of it not working. And they're kind of Carolina's a disaster. Now they've got three quarterbacks that they don't know what to do with a head coach. That's not there anymore. Um, only one of those quarterbacks can play, right? Aren't they yeah. Injured? Yeah. They're the guys are injured. Yeah. One quarterback you don't even like. So yeah. is it going to be fire sale? Are they getting rid of their uh, receiver more, getting rid of uh, McCaffrey, getting rid of anybody of any talent, just, stock up on picks well shouldn't Talked they now last week yeah i think now you fired your coach you got nothing it, it, what's gonna happen the season just gonna miraculously turn itself around with no leadership yeah well that's what i mean is like you may as well get rid of christian mccaffrey now and restart your entire franchise yeah picks stock up on picks and there's also been rumors that the buffalo bills have talked about christian mccaffrey and trading for him now that would be huge yeah that would make their, their offense unstoppable. Now they, picks, they got picks to give. I don't know actually if they have picks to give or not, but because I don't think these guys are looking to trade players in return, right? What do they need players for right now? They don't need players. They just need picks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's no reason for them to have any players. So the Buffalo wouldn't probably have to give any players back to them, but the picks is what it's going to be about. But I don't know which team needs a running back that bad that they'll give up. A few picks, but I know that the Buffalo Bills probably do. 
Because Devlin Singletary is not really getting it done. What about the Denver Broncos? Don't they have a guy who's consistently yeah. dropping the ball at bad times? Yeah. Plus, they also uh, they walked out of an interview the other day when they brought it up. They're and they're never that talking about Melvin Gordon. I'm talking about Melvin Gordon. Yeah, <laughs> and their other who they thought was going to be the number one running back is ACL tear or something like that. So he's out for the season. So Christian McCaffrey could be a good fit for the Denver Broncos, but are the Denver Broncos in a position where they want to trade picks for? I don't know, but I don't think the Denver Broncos are going anywhere either. I also don't know because they had to probably give up picks for Russell Wilson. So I don't know. Uh, you're right. I don't know if they have enough picks to, to, I don't know. Go for Christian McCaffrey, but you got to think that they don't, all they want is picks. They're not going to need anybody else. They'll take a head coach. Maybe if you want to trade him a head coach, Denver Broncos willing to give up theirs. I think you trade a head coach. Can you put, that I before? think it's probably happened before in some sport. Yeah. It'd be cool to see happen again, but who's got a, who's got a head coach to trade him? <laughs> oh yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Cause I thought maybe Pete Carroll was on his way out with Seattle, but they seem to be doing pretty well right now. Yeah, did they win again this week? I don't think so, no. I think they lost. Speaking of, let's be with a, this is a terrible segue, but um, did you hear what Ron Ver- Rivera said about uh, yeah, Carson, that's, that's, Carson this week? He kind of backpedaled a little bit, no? Like he he said, they asked him, what's why, why are the other teams in the uh, in the division better? Yeah. He just says one word answer quarterback. Quarterback. He says they've all built around a quarterback. And then they asked him, like, I don't know how they phrased it exactly, but like, you know, are you having troubles with your quarterback? He's like, no, no, he, you know, he's done well at some things. He's struggled with some other things. Right. So. Yeah. But that's a, that's a huge, like, that's a problem for him to say that with just Carson Wentz back there, who's always dealing with some type of, um, non-confidence with his team or with the fans or with the coaches. So this is just another little setback for Wentz, is it not? Yeah, but is Carson Wentz ever really showing that he deserves more? No, and I think that's, I think that's why wow. this is. A I don't big, think this helps him. I don't think I don't think Ron Rivera's comments helped him. Again, I don't know what they talk about in closed doors. Maybe Ron Rivera's brought it up to him. I mean, I think as a coach, you need to bring the weakness of your players to their attention. There's ways to do it tactfully without just, you know, if this is the first time Carson Wentz is hearing that Ron Rivera is upset with him, that's not a good move. But, you know, if they've talked about it before, like, hey, this has to get better. You got to work on this. You got to work on this. You got to work on this. And Carson's aware of it. It's a little bit different. Softens the blow of hearing his uh, head coach shit talk him in, uh, on, in public TV. Yeah, no, he definitely probably didn't expect that. And if he did, then maybe this isn't that big of a deal. But yeah, I, I don't know if you blast somebody like that in public if you're confident moving forward with the guy. You no, got. the Chargers head coach said that his uh, his quarterback's the toughest quarterback in football. Toughest quarterback in football. Toughest quarterback in football. He's he's uh, inflating his tires, you know. Yeah, that's Who's and that's the, I, yeah. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Carson Wentz. Also, is the statement true that everyone else in the NFC is, is building around their quarterback? Because Dallas is playing Cooper Rush with Cooper Rush right now. There's no way they built around him. No, I think they gave a ton of money to Zeke and um, Prescott. And now um, 
Pollard and Cooper Rush are getting it done more. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. So I don't even know if it's a true statement. I will agree that the Philadelphia Eagles are building around Jalen Hurts, who's on fire right now. And um, what's the other team in that? Uh, yeah, but what do you mean building the Giants? Around? But are the Giants even building around? But they're building the team around him. They're finding the only thing I can say they're building. In. Yeah, they're building around him is that they took a um, a receiver first in the first ball. round, and then they traded for another receiver. Yeah, but the Giants but, aren't building around their quarterback. No, well, they are. They're cutting. They're uh, they're benching their uh, 30, 40, 50 million dollar man. Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay. Well, Kenny Galladay's garbage football player. He was good with the Lions. I don't know what happened. He was very good with the Lions. And he is finished in one season. Like he has had such a fall. He started with like hamstring problems when Matt Patricia came to the Lions and didn't get along with Matt Patricia. And now he goes to the Giants on that big contract. Didn't do any. I don't think he caught a touchdown pass last year. And now they don't even want him on the like. Basically, they don't even want him on the field. But hey, so, the Giants—they seem to be finding a way to get it done. I think they're four and one. Yeah. Well, it's because Saquon Barkley's back. He never left. Yes, he, he was just hurt. He left. He was just hurt. Yeah, well, he wasn't very good. Comeback player of the year. Uh yeah, probably. Right? Do you have to be injured to be a comeback player of the year? You mean you could just be really shitty? Yeah. I think you got to be hurt. I feel like that's the whole thing of coming back. You know, so like Geno Smith couldn't win comeback player of the year. I don't know if he was ever there to come back from. Like... Well, he was in the league <laughs> for 10 years. Yeah, I mean. It was just a longer comeback. Yeah, I don't know. if I, I got to look up the rules on that, but I feel like the comeback player is coming from injury, right? Well, that's what I would assume. Somebody who was out. That's what I would assume. But I mean, that kind of sucks for the guys that just weren't good last year. I don't think they're too upset, especially when they're now just good. Like being a good player outweighs getting a reward, uh, an award, right? Yeah. I'm sure they're just happy being good. That's, that's huge. So. Well, that's huge. can we talk about one guy that had a huge comeback this weekend that we should talk about? Do you Who's want to that? talk about him? Who's that? Taysom Hill. He looks better than ever. 112 rushing yards, three touchdowns. Uh, He had his career high in kick return yards. He threw one pass for 22, uh, 22 yard touchdown. Uh, Huge day for Taysom Hill. He is still listed as a tight end and a quarterback. Sure. But he's, (laughs) I think last year they designated him to just tight end and quarterback. All right. If you say so. But he's back. I don't think he ever left. He's a solid player. He left. He's a dual threat tight end. There's not a lot of dual threat tight ends unless you're talking about blocking and catching. Yeah, there's not. There's no <laughs> quarterback tight end dual threats. I can we I can say that with confidence that he is the first and last one. See, I always like Taysom Hill. I think he overachieves as what you'd expect a tight end quarterback to do. You get a lot out of him. Well, he's a versatile player. But he's not a quarterback. No, but you're not playing him for an entire game as your quarterback either. Right. You know, he's so a sneaky player that you just throw in there every now and then, and he can bail you out of a little jam. 
how he bailed him out this week. Huge four touchdowns. Yeah. That's, I don't know how you can hate the guy. Well, many, I don't uh, think uh, I hate Travis the guy. Kels, but... how, many, how many touchdowns did Travis Kels had this week? Four. He had four or three? He had four. Yeah, so he's 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 keeping up with uh, Taysom Hill. Yeah, but he's caught all his. And, <laughs> and Kelsey throwing Kelsey only had twenty. It's the other end of the same play. Kelsey only had twenty five yard, uh, twenty five yards receiving, I believe. Whereas Hill was like running sixty yard touchdowns. Yeah, there was well, a guy. I think uh, they played the Seahawks. They played the Seahawks. Yeah. They beat him by seven, I believe. Um, so Taysom Hill is thirty two years old, and on his 60-yard touchdown run, the guy that was chasing him ran the fastest speed of any NFL player in three seasons, and he still couldn't catch Hill. So how fast was Hill running? Well, he's probably – the angle was wrong or something. or he did like, <laughs> like he jumped in the end zone. I don't know. But the stat clearly, if he was faster than him, he, he would have been the fastest speed of any player. But the guy chasing him was – he probably just ran out of time to get him. But that's the, that was the stat that, that I just read off. I mean, he slowed down to hit the uh, end zone, but uh, that's only slowed down. I think that's a, that's a, it's a useless stat. Ran the fastest any time ever. Didn't even come close to catching him. Yeah, it's a useless stat. Yeah, um, I hate to bring it up, but I have to bring it up. What happened to your Lions with the offense? They were just the offense was amazing, and then suddenly just crap. Nothing. Suddenly, just absolute crap. I don't know what happened. It was a tough. It was tough to watch. And it wasn't like the Patriots have the best defense in the league, but um, Matthew Judon was all over the place. He was sacking Jared Goff. He was in the backfield. He was disrupting everything. We had no answer for him, and it just nothing worked. I don't think Amon Ra St. Brown was 100% healthy at all. He didn't do anything. Uh, DeAndre Swift didn't play. But even without those guys against Seattle, we got like 45 points. So it was very strange to put up a, a donut against the New England Patriots and then to have Matt Patricia beat us like that is pretty embarrassing, I think. Who do they have next week? They get a bye next week. So they have lots of time, lots of time to think about what they've done. I don't I think that's the end of the Lions this year. That was just too deflating. Yeah. I mean I think that defense or their offense got figured out and I think that other teams will just repeat that and this will be that this will be the last week that they are, uh, or this past week will be the last week that they're the number one offense in the NFL for the rest of the year. I think they just fall from here. Right. Which is good and bad. I mean, we'll get the uh, number one draft pick and get ourselves a quarterback. Uh, is your quarterback really the issue right now, though? No, but I want a new one. Right. I want a new one. I want a young guy that's going to be... Someone that strikes player. fear in the hearts of yeah. Yeah. Nobody's afraid of Jared Goff. Nobody's afraid of Jared Goff. No. At all. Should we uh, talk about some of the games coming up this week? Yeah, but can I also bring up quietly, very quietly and subtly, the guy you hate, which I'm just neutral on. I couldn't care less. But I'm going to say he's a division rival. Kirk Cousins is 4-1 and right now. Yeah, but I don't think Kirk Cousins is 4-1. and The the Minnesota Vikings are 4-1. Led by Kirk Cousins, 4-1. and I think the Minnesota Vikings are four and one in spite of Kirk Cousins. So you think they'd be six and zero, having only played five games? If undefeated. They have- <laughs> they'd be un- they'd be undefeated plus an extra win if they didn't have Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, if you watch some of these games, 
does everything he can to try to lose him. Yet he's that good. He's still pulling out W's. I don't think it has anything to do with him. I mean, the and even if, okay, let's just say that even if Kirk Cousins is doing well and playing well, he doesn't get it done in primetime games, in big no. games. <laughs> no. So when they get the playoffs, they're screwed. Yeah. They're playing the Dolphins this week. And it's Dolphins, all my I don't, yeah, but what does that mean? I think the Dolphins, uh, what is it? Cheetahs in a, a walking boot. Their quarterback oh, yeah. is Teddy Bridgewater, who got hurt. So aren't they on a third third quarterback now? Yeah, if Bridgewater can't play this week, then they'll be on their third quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I told you, I, I think the the Miami Dolphins season's ended. Like they got deflated from this whole Tua thing, and I, I don't think they're going going up from here. They might salvage I, the end of the season and get some wins out, but uh, I, from a team who I thought was going to do really well. Losing their quarterback like that, I think that just set them way too far back. I agree. I think Tua was the the guy that was keeping them going. And Bridgewater would come in and be Bridgewater, but he's hurt now. And that's I think that's it for the Dolphins, which is unfortunate because they were a fun team to watch. High risk, high reward. High risk, high reward. There's another uh Ravens are playing the Giants this week. We just talked about the Giants, but I, that's a that's a good game that shouldn't be a good game. If you at the beginning of the year, you would just go Ravens will crush the Giants. Let's not even worry about it. But it's in New York, and the Giants are playing really well, playing really good football. Are they, are they playing exciting football? Though I haven't really watched much Giants football. I haven't watched any of it, but I know that at some point Saquon Barkley was the quarterback. Saquon Barkley was quarterback. He's giving Taysom Hill. Hill did you uh, did you not game. see that? I think it was a couple of weeks ago where their Daniel Jones went down. And then their backup quarterback got hurt and Saquon Barkley was on the sidelines. He's like, Oh shit, I'm, I'm the next quarterback up. So he played quarterback for a little bit. And then Daniel Jones came back and how did he do? Uh, I don't know how he did. I think they did like a lot of wildcats. So it just worked out better for him running. And, and <laughs> yeah, uh, so he just, he played, he played running back. He just got the ball faster. Yeah. He played yeah. running back, but got the ball faster. I don't know why they don't do that more often. Just, <laughs> I don't know why the Ravens don't, like kind of just do that. I guess they do kind of do that. I think they give the ball to Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he is so snap. good. He is so good. He runs at will. He's gone, eh? He's gone this season, is he not? Oh, yeah. There's no, like, they have to pay him $500 million. But I don't think it's even that, because apparently they did offer him a contract. He wants guaranteed money. That's what So give at. it to him. I I don't see why you wouldn't. Like, you're not going to get somebody better than him right now. There's and not a lot is, of players, be- there's not a lot of players better than him to get. How is Deshaun Watson the only guy that gets guaranteed money? But that doesn't make any sense at all. No. If anyone should get guaranteed money right now, it's Lamar Jackson. He's playing out of his mind. Yeah, I don't... I think maybe they just have this bad feeling that his style of play, he could get hurt, and then that's it. Well, you, but... and But no, not quarterbacks don't get hurt in this league, right? You're not allowed to tackle them. But when he's streaking downfield at uh you know record breaking speeds i don't know how that defender is fast he's not as fast as Taysom Hill. he's not as fast as the guy chasing Taysom Hill. no i you know that's when you you worry about him because i don't know if all those um rough in the passers rules work outside of the line of no they right? they don't yeah They're, as soon yeah. as you pass the line of scrimmage you're a runner unless you yeah. slide feet first and then it's all exactly. different from there yeah. um also the jets in New York have a winning record right now too. If we can believe that they play the Packers this week, I would love to see the jets beat the Packers in green Bay. 
I don't think it'll happen, but I would love to see it. I can see it happening. Who'd they play this week that they surprised one? Um, the Jets played this week. They played off the top of my head. Uh, they played the Dolphins. They, beat, they destroyed the Dolphins 40 to 17. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they've beat the Browns. They've beat the Steelers. And I think that's they, the Dolphins moving forward. Yeah, I agree. Until they're fully healthy. It'd be nice to see the Jets beat the Packers. I don't want to see the Packers win. Colts play what the Jaguars. Jaguars. Are Jaguars done? Is that? Is no, that I think they just hit a rough spot. It's a young team. They're going to be, have ups and downs. They're going to have highs and lows. I, highs I, and lows. Against the Texans, though? Well, the Texans are... Yeah, it's a boring game. It was 13-6. Like, no one got it done. Trevor Lawrence was crappy. I started him on my fantasy team. He didn't do anything. Uh, but, I mean, you know that they played the Colts well. Like, like, the Colts are in Indy. The Colts need to win this game. The Colts are trash. I'm sorry. No, they are the such Colts. trash. The Colts are trash. This is uh, Matt Ryan. I don't, I don't think he'll finish the season. Do you? No. No. But who's gonna who's gonna take over? Who's the uh, guy Matt, they got? Matt Rule? I don't know. Who's who needs a job? <laughs> <laughs> who's their backup? They have a backup, don't they? That's they not, do. They do have a backup. It's not um. What's his name? Um, Folds. It's Nick Foles. Yeah, you think Nick, Nick Foles, Foles yeah. comes in, does what Carson Wentz couldn't do? I mean, if you look at their careers, who's done better? Well, one guy played in a Super Bowl winning game. The other guy, I honestly, who did better? I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. Would you rather have Carson Wentz or Nick Foles on your team? I think you take Carson Wentz, but you have accepted that you're not going anywhere. Nick Foles is a wild card. He did it once. Maybe he could do it again. But so I would start- He had the potential. All I'm saying is Nick Foles had the potential to go all the way. Yeah, I would pick Carson Wentz over Nick Foles if I had to choose a quarterback to start my team. One of the, one guy has a Super Bowl MVP. The other guy does not. They both have rings, though. Uh, Doesn't that a, mean something? Yeah, it all it means is, according to you, that any bar he goes to, Carson Wentz just hates Foles. <laughs> He's going to hate Nick Foles if Nick Foles takes over in Indianapolis and starts winning football games. Yeah. Which could happen. So there is a huge, there's two big games this week that are. He's game of the week. Yeah. I think it could be either. Like I thought the one, this chiefs bills in Kansas city, that's a huge game. That's a repeat of the AFC championship game. That is a huge game. I think everybody wants this game to go to overtime, settle something. Oh, goodness. And the Bills are favored to win in Kansas City. The Bills City. don't win the coin toss. It is the first time the Chiefs have not been favored to win at home since Mahomes started being Patrick Mahomes. Really? I think so, yeah. I think I read that somewhere. Or I made it up. It's probably true. Uh, I believed it. Oh, yeah. There you go. It's because it's true. So uh, I think that, I don't know, I think the Chiefs win this game in Kansas City. Travis Kelsey does Travis Kelsey things. Patrick Mahomes does Patrick Mahomes things. Yeah. It's going to be a huge game, though. That's at 125 on Sunday. That's a big, big game. Big, big game. Chiefs are atop of that division, right? The Chiefs are atop of their division, yeah. First, yeah. they're both uh, Bills top of their AFC East, Chiefs top of the AFC West. 
And then the night game on Sunday, Eagles Cowboys, which sneaky good game. Yeah, I think it'll be close, but I think the Eagles do take it. The Eagles take it. But if Cooper, here's here's actually a really good talking point. If Cooper Rush wins that game, even if he doesn't win that game, Dak Prescott comes back. Do you play Dak Prescott or do you ride the hot hand of Cooper Rush until he's got a couple bad losses in a row? I think you ride that win or lose, you ride the hot hand of Cooper Rush. I think 100% you ride the hot hand. I don't know why you'd even question that, but I don't know what the decisions they make are. It seems that, you know, a lot of teams often revert back to their. QB number one, the guy that they're paying the big money to, even though, as we discussed before, it's a sunk cost. You're paying him whether he sits or he plays, right? It yeah. doesn't matter. Salaries at this point don't matter. He's already been dished out. Yeah. But why not go with the guy that's hot until he's not? How do you justify Cooper Rush being, un- especially if he beats the Eagles this weekend? He's undefeated in his career. How do you justify sitting, benching him? for Dak Prescott, who has kind of always had a limit on how far he's been able to take you. Yeah. How do you justify that? I, Especially I if Dak think... comes in, if Dak, if he, if they bench Cooper rush for Dak, when Dak comes in because he's healthy, all of a sudden be like, Hey, Dak's our guy. If Dak starts losing, like if Dak loses that first game and that second game, it's done for him. He can never come back in Cooper rush. And then it's over. So you but just have to let Cooper Rush fizzle out. Let Cooper Rush fizzle out when Dak comes back. Dak comes back a hero. That's how you handle that. The only thing I can think, and I this wouldn't deter me from making a choice, that not to start, uh, not to keep Cooper Rush going, is because you burn. You can burn your bridge with your kind of tried and proven guy. You don't know how long Cooper Rush is. What six and zero career? Like four and zero, I think. Four and zero, five and zero. I think five and all. It's a small window of play, right? It could be a little streaky. It could be a little lucky. I'm not saying it is. It just it could be that. What happens if he goes zero and thirty-two? His next thirty-two starts. Well, I mean that's a risk you got to take. Obviously, you don't. If if he goes zero, as soon as he goes zero and two or loses two games in a row, you go back to Dak. Yeah, but then you could burn your bridge of like, if he thinks, Hey, this is my team. I only lost six of injury. Now suddenly he might not want to give you his all. Cause he knows that, you know, there's not yeah, but that, but that would just, even if I was Dak, I'd be like, Hey, no, this guy's hot right now. Play him. And then when he fizzles down, I'll come back in. I agree. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I think the only reason why you wouldn't, I would, you, I agree. You play Cooper rush until he is Carson Wentz. Yeah, the, the risk-reward of taking... Until Ron Cooper Rivera Rowe. comes out publicly and says Cooper Rush is the problem. Rush is the problem. You play him. Yeah. You, you play the hot hand, especially in this scenario, because it's worse, and that this happens all the time. They put the old quarterback back in. He loses two games in a row. The fan base goes crazy, and they ask for Cooper Rush to come back. Cooper Rush comes back, wins a game. Dak is done. Whereas if you let Cooper Rush be who he probably is, which is not a starting quarterback in the league, then you Dak comes back a hero and saves the season. There's an easy scenario there. And I think it's just play Cooper Rush until he either wins and you go to the playoffs with him and then you trade Dak in the offseason or he starts losing, Dak comes in, everything. How fine. old is uh, Cooper Rush? Do we know? No idea. Like, I mean, no is he idea. mid-20s, close to 30? Is he in his 30s? 
See, I'm going to do a quick do. Uh, he was born in 93. 93, that's not that old. 28. So he's 28 years old. No. That's not terribly old. No. It's not young. But... He'll still be able to have legs at 28, though. Oh, yeah. He's, I mean, he's winning football games. He's 5-0. and 5-0. and um, And then Monday night, wait, do you think Eagles win or Cowboys win? Uh, I Cowboys. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, I think it's a close game, but I think the Eagles pull it out. Yeah, I think the Eagles, I think the Eagles win. Uh, let's talk about this last game real quick because it, at the beginning of the season, it would have been a, a, a mouth-watering game to look forward to. L.A. Chargers, Denver Broncos, Monday night in L.A. They are favorites to win by five. Does this game matter? Are the Broncos are that bad? I don't have faith in the Broncos. I don't think they're exciting to watch. You look at their games. Their games are not even like enjoyable. They're just yeah. they're snooze fest. They're struggling to put up any points. Like they're struggling to get yards. They're they're not doing much. They're not doing anything. No, so it'll be it'll be. Oh, I, I hope the Chargers win. The Chargers are three and two right now. Broncos are two and three. Like if the Broncos win, they tie it up for second place in the AFC West. But yeah, I'm going for just a flat out tie. Nobody watches this game. It's just ends. Nah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a Chargers blowout. They're gonna destroy them. That's the what Raiders. I, think. I just I want the Raiders to still have a chance. <laughs> Raiders are done. Divisional rivals. The Raiders are done. We're not gonna talk about the lonely, shitty Raiders. They're pushing over cameraman on the sidelines. They're done. It's over. Over, they're, they're, they're in these games. Doesn't matter. They're zero and five, right? They gave the uh, the Chiefs. I don't. Know, with the help of the refs, they gave the Chiefs a better run for their money than the uh, Chargers did. With help from the refs, yeah. yeah, yeah. With help from the refs, but hey, they still lost the game. They found a way to lose, which is what Tom Brady Raiders said. Do. I don't throw the flags. I don't throw the flags. That was no. a good quote, actually. He doesn't. Devontae Adams. He throws the camera, man. You don't throw the flags. <laughs> and with that. We will end this week's episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Running Down the Clock. Tyler Walzak, this is the birthday boy, Puyo Ricey. Goodbye. Running Down the Clock is brought to you by the Ordinary Podcast Network and every Thursday running until the week after the Super Bowl. We hope you enjoyed enough to subscribe and tune in again next week.